Welcome to the Entrepreneur Accelerator Podcast. I'm your host, Reem Kharbat. This is a podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners who want to accelerate their success in life and in business. And whether you're new to the business world, this show will help you because it's a mix of my own experience on how I built my three businesses in five years after being a top-notch executive in the corporate world. And I also speak with influencers and top leaders in the industry to help you and inspire you in mindset, marketing, strategy, sales, and everything in between. If you're new to the show, welcome. I'm the host of T and the founder of the Entrepreneur Accelerator Lab, a mentoring program, and I'm here to help you and inspire you launch and grow your business without wasting years of your life. If you'd like to learn more strategies, more seven-figure strategies, and you want to be surrounded by like-minded people, I encourage you to join my community on Facebook, Entrepreneur Accelerator Lab, where I give you all my experience and all the trainings that will help you start and launch your business using seven-figure launch strategies. I hope that you will enjoy this episode. It's an amazing one, and I'm sure you will have lots of uh, takeaways from it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. Enjoy. Let's introduce my guest, Carl Allen. He's a world-class entrepreneur, an investor, and corporate deal maker who has worked on more than 330 transactions worth close to $48 billion. Today, he's helping thousands of people all around the world venture into entrepreneurship or exponentially grow their enterprise by buying existing profitable small businesses without using a dime of their own capital, which is amazing. Carl, thank you so much for being here in the Entrepreneur Accelerator. I'm super excited to have you here with me. And again, congratulations on finishing the 75 Hard Challenge. Thank you. Thank you. It's really good to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. If we can just tell our audience a little bit about you and how did you get into the space of what you're doing right now? Like you are a deal maker, you're you're buying and, and creating businesses. So how did you get into this field? Yeah, so I, I started this journey a long time ago, actually. I've been doing this longer than, than, than most people. So 1992, I became a deal maker. I went to work for a Wall Street investment bank. Um, so I was doing mergers and acquisitions. So I was buying and selling large companies on behalf of some pretty big clients like GE, Boeing, IBM, Microsoft, Lockheed Martin. So I did that for a number of years. Um, and then I, I went to business school and, and did a bunch of other things. And then I ended up kind of early 2000s working for HP, Hewlett Packard. So I, I was one of their internal directors of, of mergers and acquisitions. So I was buying and selling companies for HP all over the world. And, you know, it was a great job to have, I was earning a lot of money, but I, I, I was kind of very frustrated working for other people and wasn't spending a lot of time with, with my family. And then my life completely changed in the course of about six hours. I, this was the 1st of February, 2008, and I was in Moscow. So I was in Russia, 
closing a deal for HP and, and I'm in, I'm in a boardroom and I'm trying to get this deal done. And my, my cell phone's ringing like crazy. It's my wife on, on the phone. So I, I answered the phone and she'd gone into labor. She'd gone into labor with our son, who's now almost 13, 13 in February. And she said, I, I don't know what you're doing, but I've gone into labor four weeks early. You've got to get home right now. So luckily, I had my phone, my wallet, and my passport. So I ran out of the meeting room. I didn't take my luggage or my computer. I think it's still there. I've never been back. I ran out into the road. I hailed a cab. I managed to get to the airport, got on a plane, and, and, and I managed to get to the hospital about five minutes before my son was born. So I ran into the, to the, the hospital, and my little guy came out, and I'm holding him in my arms. And and something just flipped in my head, and I just thought, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I was 37 at the time. I thought, I'm going to retire. So I just wanted to be with my family. I didn't want to work for other people and be at the beck and call of a, of a large employer. So so I quit, and and I lasted about three weeks. So I'm three weeks into my retirement. I'm 37. You know, I saved a lot of money, so I was in a good place. But my brain was, like, not having it. So I decided to buy and sell businesses for myself. I've been doing it on the big scale, and I knew how to do it on the small scale. So I started acquiring companies, and, and I used all the tricks and techniques I'd learned on Wall Street in that you can buy companies without using your own money. You can use other people's money to, to do deals. So I started buying businesses and, and still doing that today. I own a private equity fund in the States where we're, we're closing deals all the time. We own a lot of different businesses. And then about five years ago, I started teaching this stuff. So five years ago, people started asking me, you know, how do you do this? You know, what's your methodology? How do you structure these deals so that they're A, they're safe to buy, and B, you don't have to put your own money in? How does that work? So I started teaching this stuff, and, and I'm very honored today to, to, to be the coach to over 5,000 entrepreneurs all over the world um, in how to do what I do, how to find businesses, how to buy businesses, and how to become deal makers and, and business owners and, and, and get all the amazing benefits that that gives you, which, you know, for me, it's freedom, it's wealth creation, it's cash flow, it's pride, it's, it's, it's that work-life balance that I've been able to be with my family and, and, and work when I want to work and and, and do all those different things. So, so, so yeah, so I did two things today. I, I, I own a PE firm. We're buying and selling companies all the time. I have a very interesting life. Love it, love it, love it so much, you know, because as an entrepreneur myself, I also get into the idea every day, like what, when should I sell my business? When should I have a clear exit plan? for my businesses and every time I when I start and when I do my business plan I always think about the the last point which is to sell it and to multiply it but first you said a very interesting thing which is how you can buy a business or acquire a new business with using uh, the method of OPM other people's money it's yeah. something that is very interesting and I would like to know more about this how can I buy a new business but not paying a dime from my own Sure. So, so let's say you find a business um, that's worth a million dollars and you, you agree it's a million dollar deal. So most people think that you have to rock up to the closing table and personally cut a million dollar check. You, you, you don't. There are lots of different ways that you could finance that, that purchase. So the first thing that you can do is 
you, you don't always have to pay for the business all up front. I've done deals where I've bought the business 100% using future payments. So if you think about a lot of sellers, you know, there's 2.4, 2.5 million small businesses for sale today, right now in the United States. And a lot of those businesses are owned by, by baby boomers. There's 10,000 of them retiring every day, according to the Wall Street Journal, and tons of them own small businesses. So a lot of those business owners, you know, they don't necessarily need a big pile of cash the day they sell their business. They're happy to take that money over time and they're effectively getting passive income. So they're still getting the money, the cash flow from their business, but they don't have to go in every, every day and run that business. So, so that's one method of buying a business. You can buy it and just pay for it over time. So the business is doing $100,000 a year of profit. You take 50 as a new owner, you give 50 to the seller, you can do that for two years, five years, 10 years, you know, whatever long you negotiate. Then what you can do is, and, you know, it's very rare that that happens. I, I'd say one in 10, one in 20 deals that you look at, you'll be able to close that deal in that way. Most sellers will want uh, a closing payment. So they'll want some of the money up front. And that could be 10% of the deal. It could be 90% of the deal. It depends on what you negotiate. So whatever amount of money needs to be put down at the closing table, uh, there are an endless source of, of ways you know, to get that money. So for example, if you're in the US, you can go to the SBA. So the SBA is a loan, uh, it's backed by the federal government. They will lend you 90% of the purchase price of a business. So if you were buying a business for a million dollars, they'll give you $900,000 in cash to allow you to buy that business. You just then need to go and find the other 100, which if you don't have it, you can partner with an investor or somebody else that can be your, your teammate in that deal and can put that money in. And then when you're buying a business that's got lots of cash flow, there are ways to raise capital on the strength of that if the business has a lot of assets. So depending on you know the strength of the balance sheet, if it's got receivables, it's got fixed assets, it's got real estate, it's got inventory, it's got IP, whatever those assets are, there are lenders in the marketplace that will loan the company money on the security of those assets to allow you to acquire it. So there's lots and lots and lots of different ways that, that you can raise capital to be able to, to acquire a small business. But the number one source where we always go to first is, is the seller. So just pay for the business over time or as much of it over time as you can negotiate. And Carl, the thing is with when you want to decide on which business that you want to acquire, what are the elements that will help you decide if it's a good idea to get into this business or to buy this business? Or maybe it's not like, why would someone sell his business if it's doing well? So how can I decide if it's a good business and I should go for this deal or not? Yeah, so, so there's kind of two answers to that question. So the, the, the first part is clearly for any business you buy, there are signs that, that you're looking for to make sure that, it, that it's a good deal, it's a good investment. And, and every business that you look at needs to really tick three boxes. And, and the perfect business for me would be very, very different, I would suspect, for the perfect business for you. So, so all deals, though, need to pass three tests. So the first thing is, ideally, you want to be buying businesses 
in areas that you know and that you understand. So, so if you if if you're a sales manager for IBM, you know, go and buy an IT business. Don't buy a vineyard or a laundromat or a gas station or, or a chemical company. Go go and buy a business that you know something about because it's easier for you to build up a relationship seller. It's easier for you to raise capital and it's easier for you to add value to the business once once you've acquired it. Because there's three ways to make money doing deals. First is uh, the most money you'll make is when you buy it, you grow it, and then you sell it. That's when you make the most money. It's like real estate. You buy a piece of real estate and and you improve it, it doubles in value over three years. When you sell it, that value increases is your profitability. Um, Obviously, as well as, you know, when you're the business owner, the cash flow that the business generates every month is yours because you own the business. And then sometimes you can raise more capital to buy the company than you actually need to pay out at closing. So that surplus cash that you raise, you can take that out as well if you want as like a deal fee. So so point one is find a business that's in your lane, something that you know something about. And if you own a business already, go and buy a company that, that, that can strategically move the needle in the business you've already got. So staying with the IT idea, if you own... For example, Rim, you own a small software company. You could go out and buy an IT services company because then you can sell your software to the IT services customers. You can sell the IT services to all of your software customers. So you get all this cross-sell of revenue. And then as you combine two businesses together, there are a load of cost synergies, loads of things you can take out. So your profitability goes up as well. So so that's the first point. The second point is, and you touched on this, is you ideally want to find a motivated seller of a good business. So I don't mandate buying businesses for a dollar. Some people do that. Businesses that are in trouble, they're running out of cash, they're in some difficulties. It's actually easier to buy a business that's profitable because it's easy to raise money. And you don't have to go in and start trying to fix all the things that are wrong with it. So you want a seller that's highly motivated. So I mentioned baby boomers before. There's millions of them retiring and they own really good businesses and they want to retire. Or the seller could be, they could be sick. They could be really tired or burnt out or frustrated or or they just run out of ideas. There, There are lots of different reasons why business owners want to sell profitable businesses. They might even just get bored. You know, I, I own a business in the UK that I just got so bored and fed up with it. I gave it away. I just gave it to the employees. I said, look, I, I can't be bothered with this business anymore. I've got too many other things to do. Guys, take it. I don't want it anymore. I've made some money out of it. You can take it. So there's lots of different reasons. So point two, find a motivated seller of a good business. And then the third thing that you want to look at is um, to buy a business using other people's money. It needs to have certain financial characteristics. So you want a business that's profitable and is generating cash flow because Mm -hmm. then again, it's easier to raise financing against it. Mm -hmm. You also want businesses potentially that have got assets on the balance sheet that again, you can use to raise capital. So if you tick those three boxes, you know that, that you know you're, you're looking in the right place. And then once you've found a deal, once you've found a business that you like and you've negotiated an offer and terms and you've got all the financing, then then what you need to do then is, is get some professionals involved. So things like due diligence, so financial due diligence, you know, making sure that their numbers are accurate, you know, legal professionals that, that can make sure that you're buying the business. It's safe for you to buy it and that everything about the business legally 
is is all squared away. So you want to use those people. It's like when you're buying real estate. You know, if you're buying, if you find a piece of real estate to buy, you know, you're not going to do the appraisal yourself. You're going to get somebody to do that. And you're not going to draft the legal contract yourself. You're going to get somebody to do that for you as well. It's exactly the same when you're acquiring the business. Right at the end, those two professionals you need to have in your team to complete the transaction, to close the deal for you. Mm-hmm. I really like that. And um, just thinking about how I can just simply use or raise the capital and the fund to buy a business like that. And and there's a very interesting video that I watched for you, which is how you can generate up to $10 million within a time span of, of two years. Again, using other people money, using this same method of buying and acquiring new businesses. But let me ask you first, before we go into this, most of, let's say, entrepreneurs who are starting out or having small businesses, they think that they need to be like really experts or millionaires maybe to buy other people's businesses. And from what you're saying, you make it sound easy. <laughs> so who should be or who should start thinking about this? Is it for start? Is someone who's starting out can go into such a business or is it someone who should be, for example, doing this for some time or having some enough capital to go into this? What is the characteristics of the entrepreneur? Which level who can start with this? That's a great, that's a really, really, really good question. So that's the best question I've ever been asked on, on a on a, on a a show. So let, let's get into that. So first thing is, you don't need to have millions of dollars. You know, as I mentioned before, you can buy businesses using other people's money. You don't have to have personal capital to be able to acquire a business. So the second thing is, you know, it, this this isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. This isn't something where you can watch a bunch of videos and then within three hours, you know, you suddenly acquired nine companies and you're a billionaire. You know, this like anything in life that's worth having, this takes time. This takes work. You've got to invest in yourself. You've got to go through some training. You've got to learn some skills and learn to use some tools and and be able to to do this. What I would say is starting a business is a thousand times harder than buying a business. And and the market statistics back that up. If you look at the United States last year, there were 6.6 million Americans started a brand new business. 6.6 6.6 million, 96% of those people will fail inside of 10 years. 50% will fail inside of the first year alone. And when you think about it, it's not surprising. You know, when you start a company from scratch, I've never started a business, so I don't know, but I've always bought businesses. When you start a business from scratch, it's impossible because you don't have any products or services. You've got to build them. You don't have any customers. You've got to find them. You don't have any employees. You've got to hire them. You typically don't have a lot of cash flow or credit. And it's really hard. Yeah, you've no reputation. You know, you've no cat, you've no credit because you've got a brand new business. It, it's a thousand times harder to borrow money for a startup that doesn't have anything than it is to borrow money to buy a company that's got all of those things that the startups don't have. But but yeah, you know, if I make it sound easy acquiring businesses, probably it's because I've been doing it for so long. It does take some work, it does take some practice. It, it takes about from a, from a blank sheet of paper to closing on a deal and becoming a business owner. And that's you probably spending six to 10 hours per week. So you don't have to do it full time. You know, if, if, if you've got 
all the hours in the day to spend on this, you can obviously do it much faster. But most, most of my students that I coach that have done deals, they've wanted to stay working during the process and obviously have that income. And it's only when they've closed on their deal and they're now generating more money than they were as an employee, then do they make the switch and become a deal maker full time. So in, in terms of attributes, I mentioned it earlier, really, you, you, you want to be doing deals in areas that you know and that you understand. So I use the IBM example. You know, if, if, you're, an, if you're an IT professional, go buy an IT company. You know, if, you're, if you're, a, you're an engineer for GE, you know, go buy a small engineering company. You know, don't buy businesses in areas that you don't know and that you don't understand. Because, you know, why would you? You don't have the skills or the knowledge to add the value to the business, you know, to make it so much more profitable so that, you know, you can make a lot of money in the future. I, I do have some instances where, you know, students that I've coached, they've said, look, you know, you know, I'm a web designer and I hate web design. I want to get out of this industry. I can't stand it. You know, I want to buy a chain of coffee stores. I want to buy coffee shops. And I'm like, okay, well, if that's your passion, passion is coffee. You want to be a coffee shop owner. You don't want to be a web designer anymore. But you don't know anything about the industry. So go and partner with somebody that, that, that knows the coffee industry, knows how to sell coffee, buy coffee, run a coffee shop, hire people. Never start a company. Always buy one. It's quicker, cheaper, far less risky. And number two, stay in your lane. Stay in the area that you know something about. And Carl, is it is it that you said you're coaching people to do that you're coaching people to know how to acquire businesses or to become brokers on how to find deals and set people together and get commission on that what is it that you're helping with yeah so so if i look across my entire kind of student base the, the deal makers really fall into three categories so so the first one is the you know the engineer at ge that wants to leave GE, wants to acquire a company, and wants to go into that company every day and wants to run it. So they want to be what I call an owner-operator. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's about a third of the people that I coach. The second third are people that want to be like me. So they want to be an owner-investor. They don't want to be an owner-operator. They want to own multiple businesses all over the world and manage those businesses remotely. So if you look at all the businesses that I own or I'm invested in, I don't work in any of them. I have general managers or partners that are doing a lot of the day-to-day -day activity. So that, that's another third of my membership base. And then the final third are what I call deal makers or deal-making consultants. So uh, they're not really brokers, but what, what they're doing is they are, they are facilitating transactions. Mm. So... They might find a deal and what they then do is they'll go and find a buyer and for for project managing that deal and raising the capital and, and, and managing the process, they'll get fees and in some cases even percentages of ownership. We call that consulting for equity. So there are a lot of people that do that. So I, I've got lots of students that have got these huge portfolios where they've got They've got ownership percentages. Some cases might only be 10%, other cases might be 40%. They've got all these ownership stakes and all these different businesses, but then every month they're getting dividend checks. They're getting income from all of these businesses that they don't have to operate. They're not in there answering the phones or making stuff or coding software or selling or doing what they're doing. Uh, they were just uh, 
the deal maker that made yeah. the deal happen, but they still own a small piece of that business. Awesome. I love it. Maybe we don't have too much time, but if you just can give us a little bit, I will ask you people, guys, you have to go and watch uh, on YouTube, Carl's video that talks about how you can grow from zero to 10 million in two years. But can you just please tell us a little bit? You said it's a simple math. For me, I understand it because I love finance and I understand what it means. But if you can just give us small tips, how how is it real that you can just go from zero to 10 million in two years? Sure. So, so following all the things that we just talked about, obviously picking the right sector and then you know going and finding some deals. So this all starts with you acquiring your first business. So, so let let's say you're we use the IBM example again. Let's say you're an IBM person and you want to become a business owner. So you go and buy a software company. So you find that deal, you agree a price and a structure, you, you go and raise whatever capital that you need to acquire that business, and you, you buy that business. So if you started tomorrow, you would more than likely, if you follow the process and you stay within the rules and you do all the things that I, I, I tell you to do and I coach you, you'll earn that business in 90 to 100 days. So you've done your first deal. And then what you've done is you then need to separate yourself from the day-to-day operations of that business. So you need a general manager in that business running it for you. So they're doing all the work and that gives you the freedom to do more deals. So then what you need to do is once you've done that first deal is then you look at ways that you can radically scale the business that you've just acquired by buying other businesses. And we call those bolt-on acquisitions. So use the example before with your business. So let's say, you know, you started your business, but let's say you acquired it. As soon as you've acquired that business and you've got somebody in to run it for you, then you want to be looking at the next acquisition. So as part of the process, it's a numbers game. So you might need to look at five deals, 10 deals, 20 deals before you find that perfect business that is right for you. But there could be other deals in your pipeline that make equally good acquisitions. So you buy the best one first, and then you can go out and you can acquire those other businesses as well. And it's actually, it's even easier to buy a business when you own a business than than when you don't, because you've got a lot more leverage. So so going back to, if you you own any business, doesn't matter what sector it's in, there are three types of companies you can acquire to make it bigger. So the first thing you can do is you can go and acquire a competitor. So if you're an engineering company, go and buy another engineering company. Then you've got double the market share. You can consolidate operations and your profitability is going to increase. And businesses are worth a multiple of profit. So to go from zero to 10 million, once you've done your first deal, you just got to keep acquiring businesses to the point where your profitability is so high that let's say it's a you know two million dollars of profit per year, you can probably then sell that business for a five times multiple. Someone will come in and, and they'll cut you a ten million dollar check to acquire that business from you. So that's the first type of deal. The second type of deal is you can buy something in your supply chain. So again, the engineering company, let's say fifty percent of your revenue that you generate is spent on raw materials, components, other things that you use to build what you're building. So rather than spending that money with somebody else, go and buy the company that supplies you 
with those raw materials. And then that means instead of you generating, you know, a 10% profit margin, you're now generating a 50% profit margin because you own the supply chain that's serving your business. And then the third acquisition, and this is the most popular, is you buy something into a complementary yeah. market. So let's say you own the software business. You know all of your customers want IT services. You don't have the time or the resources to develop that yourself. So you go and buy it. You're buying the resources and you're buying the revenue. You're buying the cash flow. So then you now own a software company and a services company. You can cross-sell your products and services between those two customer bases, whilst at the same time taking out lots of duplicate overhead. So there could be employees that you don't need. There could be two facilities consolidating into one. So you're saving on property rent and tax and maintenance and utilities and insurance and, yeah. and all those different things. I have one student who's acquired 73 companies within five years. He he was a, an optician. So he worked in, a, in an optical business and he, he subscribed to my, my coaching program and said, Carl, I want to buy the business I work for. My, my boss, my owner, he's retiring. I've got no idea how to buy this company. I don't have any money. Show me how to do it. So I showed him how to do it and he bought that company. And then he's then bought 72 other optical businesses and he's rolled them all together and he doesn't work in any of them. He has teams and infrastructure. And, and then when you think about his business, when, when you own one location of an optical business, so this is a company that you go and you have an eye test, they sell you some, some glasses, right? So those frames, let's say they're Ray-Ban frames or, or Armani frames. If you're one location, you're buying those frames from a wholesaler, you're probably paying $70 per frame and then you're retailing them at 200 When you own 73 locations, you're probably buying those frames for $10 because mm -hmm. so, you're buying in volume. So your profit margins radically, radically increase. So you're only one deal away, really, from building an empire to do some incredible things in your life. It all starts with uh, with that first deal. Yeah, I love it. I really love it. You make me think of a lot of ambitious thoughts just right now, thinking about this and thinking how I can even take this and uh, apply it immediately. And it just, I think, I think there should be some sort of more knowledge or deeper knowledge in negotiation, negotiation skills and how to do this. If you understand the numbers and if you, as you said, if you're passionate about, let's say, the business that you're into and if you have the right advice, I think you can just make it happen. And it's really, really interesting topic. I've followed my friend Zulfikar and he was talking about this six months back, I think when COVID started and when we were like looking at small businesses around us shutting down our friends in Greece they're they're because it depends on uh, tourism so a lot of boutique hotels are closing and shutting down because of cash flow but so it was like providing a huge opportunities for other people to buy those uh, hotels and build their businesses but it's really an interesting topic and I'm really happy that I have you. I had you here on the show because I'm sure that, again, it's a great opportunity for entrepreneurs to understand that there are so many other ways other than the traditional way of doing a business where you can make a lot of money and you can create an empire using or leveraging on other people what they have done. So yep. thank you so much. That was really, really interesting. If people want to know more about your coaching program and what you're doing more, Carl, where can they find you? 
Yeah, so I, I think for anyone that's really curious about this process, you know, and they're thinking, this sounds really interesting, this is something that, that I would love to do, you know, don't jump into a fully fledged coaching program straight away. So you know, the first recommendation I, I would actually give is, is go and read my book. So I, I wrote a book called Zero Down Business Buying Secrets. So people can buy that book on Amazon. I think it's like $30. Or I'm going to give you a link uh, for people to go and, and grab a copy of that book. Read that book. I break my system down to its 10 steps. You know, I'll tell you a little bit more about, you know, a lot of the deals that I've done, a lot of the deals that some of my students have done. And then once you've read that book, it, it take you probably two, three hours to read it. Then there's options at the end for people that, that want to go deeper and, and want to actually do this. So if people go to trainwithcarl.com forward slash accelerator, so that's trainwithcarl.com forward slash accelerator, you can get a copy of my book, read my book, understand my principles and my system. And then if all that's good and you want to jump into this even deeper, there are options to, to be coached by, by me and my team um, and join our, our deal-making tribe all over the world doing some truly, truly incredible deals. It's, it's really amazing. And for me, this is my legacy. You know, this isn't about wealth creation for me. My wealth creation is my PE fund. You know, I, I have more money now than I could ever spend. But for me, it's about legacy. It's it's changing the lives of people. And, and a lot of people that I, that I come across, they remind me of myself back in 2008. They were chained to a job, mm. working for other people, neglecting their family, overweight, not happy. And, and I love it when people like that go through my program. You know, they've got a burning desire to change. They acquire a company and then they'll acquire another company and another company. And before you know it, you know, they have this little empire and they're generating tons and tons of cash flow and, and, and they're living truly their, their best life. And that's why I do this. You know, this fills me with so much pride. And, you know, I, I'm blessed through my 28 years of doing this that I've, I've learned a skill set. And, you know, I, I, I truly believe I'm the best in the world at this. I've been doing it for long enough and I've done the most deals. But for me to share those skills and experiences with ordinary people that can go through life-changing experiences is what keeps driving me to do this every day. And uh, I'm really proud of that. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was really amazing uh, talking to you and have a wonderful day. You too. Lovely to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, and thanks for listening. If you've liked this episode and you want to go a lot deeper and you want to learn more about my philosophies and methodologies and tactics on leadership, business, finance, and mindset, everything that I learned and implemented to hit the seven figure while building the business around your life and family, if you want to create an impact and be a high achiever, then I really encourage you to check out my program, the Business Accelerator Lab. It's transforming lives because it's an implementation lab. It's the information there is really, really powerful and very tactical. You know, people have asked me before, Reem, how did you manage to get all that done in just a few years with no following, no external funding? And they asked, can you mentor us? They understand that all great athletes have a coach because a coach holds them accountable. Even superstars have a mentor because a mentor pushes them and challenges them and is honest with them and teaches them. And so if you believe that you are maybe stuck in your life or maybe you're successful but you want to significantly get to the next level, 
If that's of an interest to you and you don't want to waste years of your life trying to figure it out, then I'd love to tell you about the Business Accelerator Lab. It's my mentoring program where you're gonna absolutely love it. We'll talk all mindset, business, marketing, productivity, simply how to run your business and not let your business run you. It's exactly what I've done and how I managed to build three businesses all the way from Saudi Arabia while being a mom. The final thing that I'll leave you with is this. If this episode of the Entrepreneur Accelerator has been valuable to you, I would love it if you would share it with three of your friends in the next 24 hours so we can get the message out. I want to thank you for being here with me in this episode, and I wish that you all received great value from it. If you'd like to know more about me and what I do, let's connect on Facebook, or maybe you can book a power session with me at reemkharbat.com. That is R-E-E-M-K-H-A-R-B-A-T.com. One more time, thank you so much, and I'll see you next time. Take care.